Hello, everybody, and thank you for being here again on another episode of Get Into It with Gila. I'm so excited to put this episode out. I have been trying to book Malky Hirsch for a while, and um, it's hard sometimes to get people. You know, she's busy, and she's everybody wants to talk to her because she's awesome. And, um, you know, you meet those people on Instagram that you don't really know, and you feel like you know them, but you don't, and then you meet them in person, and you're like, oh, my gosh, they are so different. It's not like that at all with Malky. She's so sweet. She's so honest. She's so real. She's so relatable. And um, yeah, maybe many of you read her um, articles in the Five Towns Jewish Times every week. She posts a lot about her life on her Instagram at Kiss the Kosher Cook. And we, I feel like we had a lot of really meaningful things to talk about. Um, Malky lost her husband a few years ago. I think it was one and a half years ago. I lost my mother two years ago both very tragic and both very, I would say, meaningful to talk about. And these are, I guess, topics people don't want to talk about. I feel, I felt like with my own loss that people felt like it was contagious. They don't know what to say, so they say nothing. And there's the deep sense of pain and isolation. And um, Malki has chosen, she made a choice to make meaning out of her loss. And wow, has she done so. Um, she's incredible, just, you know, starting from the ground up with her Instagram and Facebook, Kiss the Kosher Cook, and now look where she is, and she's incredible, and as she says in the episode, you know, people follow her for her recipes, for her inspiration, and she does it just, you know, she loves it, and she's great at it, and she's creative, and she keeps going, and I think you are going to really enjoy the episode. I really, really enjoyed it. It's going to be here on the podcast as well as IGTV and YouTube, especially if you're more of a visual person, check out the YouTube channel, check out the IGTV, and please subscribe to the podcast as well as the YouTube channel. The only way that your podcast can move up in the ranks and then be um, shown to people who would benefit is if more people subscribe, comment, like, share. And I think that this is a really, really worthwhile episode to share. So please do so. And if you are interested in making peace with food, learning the principles of intuitive eating, learning how to care for yourself more, and learning how to tie this all together, go to my website, www.gilaglassberg.com and sign up for a free 20-minute consultation where we could get to know each other, talk about your diet history, and see if we're a good fit. And for those of you who don't know, as of now, I am still accepting insurance, Aetna, Cigna, Blue Cross, Blue Shield, Emblem, and United Healthcare only the empire plan and without further ado let's get to the show hi everyone and welcome to my podcast get into it with gila i know you're going to love the content here because you will gain inspiration powerful tools and insights and valuable knowledge if you want more of this please visit my website at www.gilaglassberg.com or visit me on instagram at gilaglassberg I'm Gila Glassberg, a registered dietitian and intuitive eating counselor. I have come to realize by counseling many, many women that this work is much deeper and greater than food and body image. It's the bigger picture challenges we face of love, belonging, acceptance, what our true values and goals are, noticing them, addressing them, and gaining skills to move forward. If you have been struggling with what your life's purpose is, or you just feel stuck in general and don't know what's holding you back, This podcast will enlighten and inspire you to take action and move forward. 
This podcast is about other women in the 21st century who feel that losing weight will fix all their problems or somehow meet their unmet needs. Okay. Hi, everybody. Thank you for joining me on another episode of Get Into It with Gila. I'm Gila Glassberg, and today I have Malki Hirsch. Hi, Malki. Hi. Thanks for having me. Thank God. Thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. I know you're very busy and you have lots going on, so we're so happy to have you. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. It's I'm excited. I always love, I don't know, I just love this stuff. I love podcasts. It's, uh, it's a fun way to express. And you started your own, right? Um, well, I wouldn't say it was my own, my father, we do it together, you know, but yeah. Um, yeah. it is um, something I uh, really unexpectedly he took a liking to. So if I always have, if I have an opportunity to do it, I always, you know, and especially for you, like, you know, it's nice. I love getting to know new people and, you know, speaking about different subjects and, you know, bring it on. It's fun. I love podcasts. Are you, do you listen to podcasts? Honestly, <laughs> I listen to music. I, I, I have listened to podcasts like here and there, but I wouldn't say that like, I, I know that podcasting is like a culture. Um, yeah. I, I, that's something I follow very, very religiously. Um, but, you know, once in a while, if I do come across one with people that I'm interested in, you know, hearing what they have to say, for sure, I would do it. But nothing I do regularly. Got it. Okay. So I'm going to ask you, what do you do? But I know there's <laughs> lots of things. So what, like, what do you do? What do I do? Um, okay, so I uh, probably around 2007, 2008 started a uh, food blog called Kiss the Kosher Cook. Um, and uh, it just basically stemmed from like a semi identity crisis when I left my job in the city. And um, I, you know, started having my kids um, at a pretty regular pace, like every two, one and a half to two years. Uh, didn't give me a lot of room to like, you know, do something else like outside of Manhattan my job was really you know based mostly there because of you know advertising firms that I worked in advertising mm-hmm. um so what I did was I quickly got my license in real estate and um started this food blog because I just really immersed myself in becoming a domestic because I really wanted to just like figure out how to cook how to bake um something I really had zero familiar familiarity with I might didn't grow up I as the oldest should have probably been the one the one to help my mother but she's a little bit more of a like controlled cook like like to put things away I'm more of like a mess when it comes Mm -hmm. to cooking Mm -hmm. so I don't (laughs) I don't do things the the way that you know you probably would learn how to do them in culinary school but Mm um I sort of just like started just opening a lot of books, books I had gotten from my wedding and, you know, different things throughout the years. And we started taking pictures on Facebook and I post my dinner recipes every night. Uh, some of them were family recipes, some of them were from books. And it was just like open up this dialogue with people um, and it grew and grew. And then I started going on Instagram and uh, started baking probably around four or five years ago. Um, and it's sort of just become something that I never expected. I never expected. Like you're really uh, famous. I, I mean, I don't, I, <laughs> I guess, I guess um, in the from Instagram world, I can definitely say that I'm definitely, I'm more, I'm up there, but there are, I mean, listen, today with these girls and, and, and what they do, it's really, it's, it's impressive to do all that we do as from women um, and all the expectations we have with, you know, having a career, having a family, um, having, you know, dinner every night on the table for your children, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, wearing all these hats 
and having all these roles and then not losing your mind, I think that's very impressive. So um, I just like trying my hand in different things. For me, it's a more of a creative outlet. It's, um, it's a fun challenge for me. People have this idea that because I post these pictures of cakes that I tried, you know, I would say probably started, the letter cake started probably around three years ago. Um, I really did it for a friend of mine who asked me to do it as a favor. And then people had this impression that I was a baker. Mm-hmm. And I get calls from people asking to order things like the day of. And I'm like, you guys don't get it. Like, <laughs> I'm a mother of five from Woodmere. <laughs> you go to, go to Allen's. <laughs> tell you this is not my gig I mean I do it because it's enjoyable but like I'm sorry you got the wrong girl here you know right right um but but um but I still do enjoy doing it I, I enjoy um I derive pleasure from 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 giving something to people you know surprising them in a way it could be for a birthday it could be for a bar mitzvah it's a beautiful centerpiece it's um definitely different than just having like a cake you know um so that sort of became my thing, you know, um, and I hate being, you know, I don't want to be pigeonholed as, as one thing or the other. So, you know, changing content is always important, especially yeah. on Instagram. Yep. Any social media platform, you have to always sort of just keep things fresh and new. To, to be, be successful on Instagram, you really need to. And, and it's funny because recently I was watching a fashion blogger on Instagram and I just thought it was so funny when somebody asked her, it was a Q&A she had put up. And somebody had asked her, like, how do you become as successful as you had become? She had mm-hmm. 40,000 followers. Wow. And she, she repeated herself. She goes, it's really, 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 really hard work. And yeah. I laughed at first, but I thought to myself, this girl, like, gets free clothes all day, every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and takes professional pictures in front of, like, different, like, beautiful mm-hmm. places in the mm-hmm. city. It's ever hard work. But you know what? The truth is, it is hard work. Yeah. It it's is. hard work keeping current. It's hard work, um, you know, making connections with different brands. It's hard work setting up photo shoots. It's hard yeah. work then going back home and having little babies that you have to supply right. dinner for. It's right. hard work being a wife. It's it's hard work, you know, mm-hmm. and um, people that are committed to it and it could be committed to like, you know, it because either they want to make money doing it, you know, via brands that are going to hire you to promote their product, which is really the way you make money doing this. Um, or it could be something that just feeds your creativity. It doesn't have to be one or the other reason. It could be so many different reasons. But um, I, I have it really. I mean, it for me, it it's like runs the gamut. Like creative, it, it creatively feeds my, um, you know, my artistic side, and also it's nice when I'm able to be compensated for my work. Yeah. You know? right. Uh, yeah, it's like the best of both worlds, basically. Yeah, you have to you have to know how to write. You know, have to know you, you have to know something about food photography or right. fashion photography. You know, if you can't hire photographers to, to shoot your own stuff, you have to know about styling. You have to know about about hashtagging algorithms. You have to know about doing giveaways and uh, you know, like so many different aspects, so many different things. Um, and then you also have to remember that you're a person and a mother and a from person and a community member and, you know, somebody's daughter and mother and sister. It's like, you know, but it's great. It's great. If you can like yeah. make sure all those things checked off at the end of the day, we're good. <laughs> yeah. So, so I think we, we met actually at Naomi Nachman show, right? So we were talking about this. Yeah. You didn't grow up cooking or no, baking. no, no. My, like I said before, my mother's a little bit of a control freak in the kitchen. Right. Right take something out and she put it back immediately so i something out and then leave it on the counter and forget about it and then i would leave the room and then i'd hear 
like, why is there, why is there everything all over the counter? I'd be like, oh, I was, I was making something. And she's like, part of, part of preparing something is you have to put it back, you know? Right, right. Not fun, you know? So um, it was definitely a bone of contention with us. And so that's why I was like, you know what, until, unless I'm out of my house in my own home, um, I'm going to just sort of like put this on the back burner. I'm not doing this right now. So were you, um, when you got married, were you excited to start cooking? Were you nervous? I actually really dreaded it because I got married at 25. My husband was 26. We both had careers and we'd get home at like eight o'clock at night. We'd look, look at each other and be like, um, Dougie's or, right. you know, like there is no time to prepare when we both left the house at seven 30 in the morning and then got home at eight. Right. But obviously you start, you, your life is put on hold if, if you're able to financially afford to not, you know, continue with the job that you had and you can like, you know, plan B it. So for mm -hmm. me, plan like real estate and, um, you know, knowing that like I was, it was okay if I didn't go back to, to work where I was working and I was able to just like, you know, discover, you know, explore different things that I actually never knew about. And that one of those things was cooking and baking, you know? So why real estate though? I'm curious. Um, Always been, I've always been in, in the sales um, aspect of, of business. I've always sort of like, I was always a phone person. I think I'm a people person. Um, so, and I also had um, access to advertising because my father mm -hmm. works. So for me, it just, it up all those boxes and it made sense for me to, you know, and I also like, you know, if you sell a house, it's a nice substantial, you know, amount of money um, as opposed to like working in an office or, you know, whatever. I was never like the kind of person that wants to be a therapist or, you know, work in PT or OT or speech. I, I don't really want to work with other children because I'm just having my own children. That's like enough, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Never wants to be an accountant because the Gordons do not know how to do math. That's, mm -hmm. it's um, so I just figured like real estate, let's try it, you know? And I, once I started doing it, I was successful and I had my own time. If I didn't want to work at it as much as I, you know, initially started working at it, then I would take a, take a break. You know, it's just like, it was as hard as I worked, that's what that would, would yield like my success. And if I didn't do it, then. Okay. You froze for one second. Did you, did you freeze on yours also? Yeah. Okay. Anyways, it's totally fine. I don't know how to edit these things, so it's all good. Um, <laughs> so, so let me just ask you a question. As I'm listening to you, I'm thinking so many people like get married and they have their idea of a career. Like, let's say yeah. what your career was advertising in Manhattan. Yeah. And I'm sure your husband also thought you would stay the course. No. Um, you know what? I, I think that initially when I was when I when I first when I was pregnant with my my oldest, I was completely like my plan was to be there, be home for six weeks, two months and then go back to to work. You know, because I thought to myself, like, I can't wait to like have this baby, right. have my own body back, you know, right. just like, you know, uh, move on with my life and have a babysitter for him. Then once I have that baby, I just thought to myself, you know, it's sort of like, it's sort of like when you have a baby boy and they tell you like that in a week from now, you have to like circumcise him. You're like, yeah. that's archaic. I'm not doing yeah. that. No right. Way. right. No way. You're not touching my kid. There's right. no way you're doing that to him. No. So right. like, it was the same thing. I was like, I had this baby that was like, you want me to leave him all day? Right. You want me to go to Manhattan all day and, right. and leave him? I, you know, I, I just, I, and, and so like, you know, my husband, I think he sensed that like, I was like, not, 
not game. And he's like, listen, it's up to you. Like, if you don't want to go, if you want to stay and like figure things out, if you want to work great, if you don't want to work right now, that's fine too. If you want to figure out what you want to do next, that's cool. But obviously it's a, it's a personal thing. I mean, some people are just like, literally like they have to like, what's my, what's my plan? I have to have this baby. I have to go back to work. I have to go you know, teach. I have to go work in my office, whatever it is. But thankfully that wasn't our uh, story. So I was able to like, sort of like figure out like what next, what's my, so are you guys like the, like the chill type or you're just like a risk taker in general? Cause like I'm listening to you. I'm getting like anxiety. Like if you know, I have, I'm not a, I'm not a planner. Okay. I'm you seem like one. You seem I'm like the, one. I'm, no? I'm the opposite of type A. I'm a creative, okay. family's okay. creative. Um, okay. My husband was definitely a planner. So okay. it definitely very well to, for us. Um, but I'm definitely not methodical in my thinking. I'm not methodical in the way I do things. I, I mean, even like when it came to baking and stuff like that, like everything was sort of like winging it, you know? And I really, I really had to learn by, you know, it was trial by error. I really had to like do things wrong first and then realize, oh my God, like, yeah, that's why it didn't come out. And then I would do it again. And then Mm -hmm. that's how I learned everything. I'm not a rule follower really mm. <laughs> but then you know sometimes there are sometimes you have to follow certain rules like right. in baking it's baking you, yeah you gotta measure you gotta measure yeah. things gotta yeah. wait it doesn't come yeah. out right come out consistent if you don't right so that's you know something that you have to think about like you know if you proof your yeast you're gonna know if you see bubbles your hull is gonna be good if mm-hmm. you decide like i don't have any time to do that and then the yeast isn't active and then you throw out five pounds of flour because right. you didn't have five minutes to let your, your yeast proof. And that's like heartbreaking when you make dough oh, and yeah. you're waiting for an hour or two and it doesn't rise. And you're like, what happened? And then you're like, oh, right. I didn't wait five minutes for right. the yeast proof. That's what happened, right. you know? Yep. So it's like, that's, that's life, you know, right. it, it right. really, it's, it's a metaphor for so much, you know what I mean? Like True. you think, you know, and then mm. like, no, <laughs> you don't. <laughs> yeah, no, you don't. So yeah. Okay. So that's funny though, because as a baker, I would think that you would be like a planner, somebody who weighs, somebody who measures, but so I'm not a baker by nature. Right. So when you, okay, I want to know, are you super confident? Like, is it that when something came out wrong, you'd be like, it's fine. I'll just try again. No, I'm, I, if I would make something, oh my God, this is my personality. If I would make something and it would be a dud, it wouldn't come out. I, it would like ruin me. I'd be like, I can't, I can't do this again. I can't, but you, you know? did it again, but, then but I would just... do it again. You know, like, yeah, like it, it's funny, but like in the beginning I was like, I, I'm not cut out for this. Like, I remember the first time this was really funny when I started making sourdough and I really, I had to be like my, I had to like, my friend had to hold my hand. Like every, I would FaceTime her like all hours of the day. And I'd be like, I don't know, does this look normal? And she'd be like, this looks good. You know, yes. I was, I was teaching a friend that was local about sourdough mm-hmm. and she was very frustrated because she didn't see, she didn't know the sun. Eventually with hollow making, with sourdough making, there are certain things in your dough that you're going to recognize, like certain things that you're going to see, like, ah, you know, it's active right now. It's happy or it has to be, you know, resting. You, It's like getting to know a, a child and their personality. Like it's the same kind of thing it's like you just start to eyeball it and you you know it without consulting a book without reading a recipe you and I think that's like the difference between people that cook from a book that read a recipe and just do it when you know it says you know in a recipe that something calls for a teaspoon of salt right but you taste and it's bland Mm -hmm. why 
plans. It's because right. your, your palate's different than anybody else's. Right. So your salt level is going to be different. And right. so a recipe is a guideline, you know, and that's really all it is. Mm-hmm. The thing is, is that you are a person with a palate nobody else has. That mm-hmm. means that you're going to want more salt. So you're going to add a teaspoon and a half of salt instead of a mm-hmm. teaspoon. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the same thing with like, it's with everything, with anything mm-hmm. in life, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, cooking is not just about like following a recipe. You really need to like feel it. You got to feel mm-hmm. the food. You have to like understand what you're doing. Um, there's a couple of rules seasoning between every single, like when you're sauteing things for a soup, like you season every single thing that goes in there, you know, Mm -hmm. like there are certain things that you should know. Um, but a lot of it is just sort of like, like feeling your way through it. Uh, It's hard to like, I get it. I totally get it. And I texted you about my sourdough. I've given up on sourdough because yeast is, (laughs) (laughs) but I totally get it. Like when, when I first was making my sourdough, my, it was only by the third time because I I refused to buy the scale for some odd reason. I already, I just kept buying. It doesn't work. That's it for sure. I know. So I wouldn't, well, I already bought the Dutch oven and then I bought the Mason jar and then now the scale and everyone's like, Mm -hmm. you got to buy the scale. And I'm just like, Oh God, another thing to buy. And then by the third time, Yeah, like a, a polder from Mason Savings for like $10. It doesn't have to be a crazy scale. It could be any yeah. scale of stuff. That is the only, and I'll just tell you right now. I mean, when I started baking, I did not have a scale and um, my cakes would come out different. I, I used to make layer cakes. And if you make a layer cake, every layer has to be the same. Right. How do you do that? You can't do that with metric. You can't do that with cups and right. tape, tape. You have to do that with weighing. Right. You have to. So it's, that's the only way you're going to get a consistent result is weighing things. That's right. it. Right. So by the third time, okay, so my alarms were going off and it said, feed the starter, feed the starter. And me and my husband are literally like, this is a baby that we're feeding. Like the yeah. alarms are going off, you know? Yeah. Um, but anyways, I'll put my, I'll put my sourdough to the side. So anyways, you, so when you started to, so you had your baby, was that when you started to cook? Cause you were home? Yes. David. That's when I started cooking. That's David. Okay. So, yeah. so when you went at it, like you were just, you started Kiss the Kosher Cook because everybody said like your food's so good or because you were- It wasn't like that. It was because I would post dinner recipes every night. I'd go to grocery stores. People would like, I guess, take notice that I had like this ro- this recipe posting page and people were like also interacting with me and they were like asking me questions. Like I had no idea what- right. why. Why are they asking me? Why do they think I'm an expert? It's so funny how like all of a sudden you're thought of as an expert if you uh, open a fashion blog or a food blog when really I'm just winging it. Like I have no idea what I'm doing, but people would ask me questions. And so I'd research this stuff and I, then I would mm-hmm. like, come back answers. And it just like fed this need in me to like actually just like learn more and more. Um, and it became like really like like my my focus. It became my focus. Yeah. So you had a knack for cooking or you had a knack for, you were following recipes though. Yeah, I had a knack for cooking. Um, and yeah, I mean, mostly followed recipes. I'm not the kind of person, my mother's not a recipe follower. She'll just like dump things in a pot and just like call it a day. I think recipes are there and cookbooks are there for you to like, you know, I, I think they're amazing. And while I will definitely improvise and add things that doesn't call for and also take away things that sometimes I don't have mm-hmm. and dub it out, you know, um, I just, I just love, I love cookbooks. I love the ideas that I get from them. Like I said before, it's a guideline. It doesn't mean that you have to, you know, follow it to the letter, but mm-hmm they're there for a reason. And some of them are amazing, you know, yeah, and some yeah. recipes became my kids' favorite things. So mm-hmm. why wouldn't I look at cookbooks, you know? Right. So you look at the cookbook, get the inspiration and then yes, basically follow, yeah. go with it. That's your, that's your style. Yes. 
Yeah. Okay. So why did you start posting the recipes? Was that just because you were looking for camaraderie? I started posting the recipes because I would take a picture of, of a dinner. People would be like, oh my God, what is that? And then I'd be like, oh, it's this from here, you know, mm-hmm. or it would be a website. I would get like a lot of, a lot of recipes from websites, you know, po- from blogs, from, you know, different bloggers or from Rachel Ray or where Martha Stewart, whatever, you know, and people would then make the stuff. And then I'd see them in their grocery store and they'd be like, oh my God, I made that thing that you made. I made your aunt Susie's blueberry cobbler. Oh my God. It's my kid's favorite. And now that now like I'm known for certain things like right. like my name is synonymous with letter cakes with blueberry mm-hmm. cobbler with my pizza like there are mm-hmm. things that when you say my name they're like oh like I make her pizza you know right. what I mean and right. that's it's fun it's right. fun and like I'm happy that I'm able to like empower other women to do something more than maybe they would have done before you know yeah so um so when you started kiss kiss the kosher cook you mm-hmm. weren't were you expected you weren't expecting to become like famous oh no it wasn't Absolutely a not. goal no I'm very I'm very like like I said before I'm a people person I like mm-hmm. I love communicating with people and just like sharing ideas and sharing my life with people but I'm not uh somebody that was ever wanting to be in the limelight I I shy away from that I never had a bat mitzvah my wedding was like I was like please get me out of here immediately like I just I'm not comfortable being the the uh, main act at all I don't like it so how, okay. Okay. So now you're like, really, honestly, you're really famous in my opinion. Okay. Uh, how do you, and like, how do you deal with that then? Like, if that's not your personality, um, you got used to it? it? I, I think I'm gracious about it. I think that like, it's funny when sometimes we'll, I'll be somewhere and somebody will like, look at me and I, I see them looking and I see what they're, I see what they're saying without even saying it. And then I'll get a message on my Instagram account. Like, Oh, I saw you and Gourmet God, but I was so shy. I didn't want to say hi. I'm like, really? I'm a person. Like right. I, I do the same things as you do. Like I am, right. I am deeply flawed and I mess up recipes all the time. And I am just like you. I'm just like you. And if you see me and you want to say something, it could be high. It could be like, oh, I just made your recipe. It was so good. Or something didn't come out right. Please let me know like what I can do different. Like I, I do this for engagement I do it so people can like have an opportunity to like talk and right. you know share you know so right. right um while there are certain parts of it that I'm like so deeply shy about like so not comfortable with I've gotten used to it like I've gotten used to it and I sort of I feel like it maybe like really it it changed me as a person and enhanced my life in in a lot of different ways right you know so when you were like let's say like a teenager like in your early 20s you were more like very shy. Shy. Yeah. An introvert. Yeah. I still yeah. am. I'm still yeah. am an introvert for sure. Yeah. I'm, there's one of those, I think those tests that you could take to like, mm-hmm. you know, tell you who you are. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely an extroverted introvert. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, yeah. Well, do you yeah. feel like that's why it's so easy to like talk on Instagram? Cause on Instagram, like you're just yourself. People are always, Yes. People are always so surprised that I'm so able to like articulate myself in front of a camera. But for me, it's just a phone. And honestly, right. when I see on the bottom of my screen that 7,000 people watch me, I like right. laugh because I'm like, right. who the heck? Right. Is watching this like right. I'm not saying anything you know what I mean but like right. you know what I think people today they're not watching as much tv they're watching social media they're watching yes. they're watching fellow Re- people in life. the same yeah they're watching right. fellow people that they can relate with that are doing the same things as they're doing and I think that's more of a um interest for them rather than some you know 
scripted reality reality TV or some, you know, some show on some channel. You know what I mean? Because it yeah. doesn't resonate with them. Like yeah. my life and my story and my struggles, that is what resonates with people. Right. So so you recently, I think in the last year, right, started writing in the the five, year and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Year and a half. Yeah. The five Jewish times, right? Which yes, I, which yes. I, which I try to read every single week, and even if I don't get the paper, yeah. I look it up online. And um, I guess for uh, in a more for a more serious note, like yeah. you know, because we talked about it, like my mom, my mom died um, two years ago, and your husband died. It was about. a year and a half. It was almost twenty months. Yeah, twenty months. Wow. 20 months. I'm, I'm so sorry. And thank you. Yeah, and like it, it's crazy because like obviously a mother and a husband are not the same thing, but like just reading what you write, it's like so touching. It's like, so yeah. it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be the same loss it, it to affect you. Right. Um, and, and, and I always tell people, cause they always feel bad even saying something about like, I can't compare my story to yours because I have a husband or a wife or a, this or that. And I'm like, you know, loss is loss. And to you, that is the biggest thing that's ever going to happen. And you can't, of course you can't compare my story to yours, but it's still, it still hurts. It hurts you as much as it hurts me. It's just different. You know what I mean? And, um, Listen, um, I am so thankful that I was able to, to turn it into something more than just being a widow, mm -hmm. you know? Yes, I do know on some level. Um, but so what, what made you, what made you want to share like so openly? I'm, I'm a big sharer. Obviously we've, we've definitely yeah. covered that by, by yeah. at this point. <laughs> yeah. I get it. Cause I, I, I also blog, like, I don't, I don't write for yeah, the paper, yeah. but I blog a little bit about like my mom's right. loss. Right. Right. So I, I just, I felt, I felt very self-conscious when I would leave my house. I'd see people look at me and they would look away and I knew what they were thinking. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to set the record straight. I just wanted people to understand my thoughts, what I was going through and just leave all that guesswork behind. I wanted to just be honest and upfront and candid about what happened to us. So there wouldn't have to be any rumors or any talk or any questions or any anything. It was just me telling you exactly how it is. Like every day, the struggles my kids go through, the struggles that I go through, the things that we think about, the, you know, you know, the Yom Tov and the Shabbosim and how everything has to change, you know, I, it's a very refreshing thing to be that honest with people. Um, and I, I, I don't regret it at all, at all. I think that it helps everyone. Like, I think that I actually heard you on another podcast. I, I yeah. think it was Mat Matana. Yeah, Matana. that was my first and, one. Yeah. yeah, and and you said something like, like maybe your brand has become even more popular now because. Yeah. Did you say that because people? People, yeah, people are compelled to watch because I think they thought that I was gonna like completely just like lose it. Right. I, th I think that they thought that I would just like fall apart. Um, obviously they don't know me very well <laughs> if they think that. I mean, you know? I mean, just serious, like, honestly, when you just said that I wanted my story to be more than me becoming a widow, right? Yeah. Right. Like, um, you, 
obviously you never wanted that to happen to you. Of course not. But you, like what you just said before about like you being an introvert and then this changing you, right? Mm-hmm. You talk a lot about that in your writing that yeah. if you could change the past, obviously your husband would be here with you. Yes. But you've utilized this horrible loss to help I other took people. whatever I was given, whatever was handed to me, because obviously this stuff does not, this stuff was not written obviously it's all written. This is all plans. We don't know about it. We think we know, we think we know how life is going to be. We think we know that we'll be around to raise our children and to see our grandchildren and to, you know, redecorate our house and to go on vacations and all this stuff. We have no idea. We have no idea. So, so, so things in life were handed to me. I didn't want to take them, but I was sort of forced to, you know? And so, my response was like, okay, let's, let's do something with this. Let's, let's do something useful with it. Let's make it meaningful. Instead of just a story about a husband dying too soon and leaving his wife and five children, let's, let's spin it into something really positive, you know? I don't see you. I lost oh, hold on a second. You see me now? Yeah, I see you. Yeah. So um, let's just, yeah, let's just like, let's change, like, let's change this whole narrative and like, let's change like the ending that you think it's going to be and make it something, make it something better, make it something different, you know, make it something useful for people. Did you, did you read the book on grief and grieving by David Kessler? No, I haven't. Okay. So he wrote that book with Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. They're like, um, grief experts. Okay. They're like the, the grief experts. They're gu- the, grief, the guru griefs, the grief son guru. <laughs> yes, yes, they are. Okay. And um, he, so Elizabeth Kubler-Ross died while they were writing that book. She, oh, she, wow. was, she was very ill, like throughout her whole life. She talks a lot about grief, um, but he, after that, he lost his, his teenage child or his 20 year old child. And he said, for all the years that I was, counseling parents on losing a child I knew nothing I heard yeah. him talk about this on Brene Brown's podcast and he um he said I have to I love Brene yeah love I love her so yeah. she's like I have to add a sixth I have to add a sixth stage of grieving because there's five stages right the, sure, everyone, I know I know the five stages yeah I'm sure you know the five stages right oh, yeah. so oh, yeah. very familiar yeah so he says I have to add a sixth stage making meaning and big time yeah. And I thought that's exactly what I thought of when you said that. Um, but he said, of course, I would never, ever want to make meaning versus having my child. That would never be a choice. But it, it, it felt so empty without that last stage. And, and, and I, after I heard that, I was like, I need to get that book, you know? There is no making a choice. Right. There is no choice, right? Right. The only choice, the only choice that you have is how you're going to change your reaction and how you're going to change the the narrative of what your life is supposed to be to other people. They're going to assume things about you now. They're going to assume she loses her husband. She's a single mother with five children that are young. She's going to be harried. She's going to be stressed. She's going to be crying. She's going to be in a perpetual bad mood. She's going to be, you know, hiding away in her house. She's Mm going to be this and that. And then you're like, you know what? No. I'm not willing to do that. I'm still here and I'm going to change. I'm going to change. That's all you have to do is all you have to do is make a decision. So how do you do, seriously, how do you do that? 
you start really listing and that's really how the writing began i started journaling um you just start listing things in your life that are still here that you're grateful for and it could be anything it could be the smallest thing not that this is small but in the beginning when my husband died literally from one day to the next and like there was no illness and there was no anything i thought to myself in the morning when i wake up oh my god um i have another day i i woke up I went to sleep and, you know, for a long time, and even sometimes today, I have anxiety before I go to sleep because I think to myself, I don't know. Right. I might not wake up. I have no right. idea, right. you know? So you wake up in the morning and you're like, oh my God, thank God. Thank God, you know, like, wow, you know? And it could be kids sleeping through the night. It could be them coming into coming in from school and they're happy and their social lives are, you know, back in where they were before, because after something like this happens, you know, they definitely, they're definitely treated differently. Like I was treated differently. Nobody yeah. asked for this. We, we didn't right. ask for this. We, right. we want to be people. We want to be the same people we were before. We want to val be valued as the same people that we had, you know, the gifts that we had, the, the person, the reason that we're friends with the friends that we are friends with is because of the things that we have that they're attracted to. And I wanted the same things as always. Like I wanted to be right. the same person. Right. My kids wanted to be kids, you know? Right. So they're social, they're inclusive, they're included. Um, they, um, I don't know, it could be like little, it could be little things, you know, I'm thankful that like, even though this happens and he doesn't come home anymore, a lot of my day looks the same still, you know, and that's thanks to the fact that he was always working and he was never around. So I can always sort of count on little things in my life that remained the same. And that made me like, oh my God, like this, this feels familiar to me. Like I, I can do this because it's still here. Like it's still the same. I thought in, when it first happened in the first few days, I was like, I don't know if I can continue living. I don't know if I could, I don't know if I can live this life. I don't know if I can, is my house going to fall apart? I don't know how to pay bills. I don't know how to use the HVAC system. I don't know how to use Shabbos mode on my oven. I don't know how to, you know, at nothing. Like there were things that he did. He did certain things. He did man things, you know? Right. I didn't take out garbage, you know? Right. right. <laughs> so I don't know. You start learning, you start familiarizing yourself and refamiliarizing yourself with things that you always had. And and then you just like start like really becoming grateful for like the things that you never even thought you'd have to have gratitude for. And that like does something to your mind, you know? It just sort of like it just like instills this like sense of like, I don't know, just appreciation for like everything, for everything. And I think that a huge um, um, inspiration um, for me in the beginning um, about this whole mind changing thing was um, a book called The Choice. Yeah, it, I love that book. Yeah, so when I read that and I read her message, which I really think came from, um, um, what's his face from uh, Mansur Meaning, Victor Frankl. Yeah, it's a very, very heavy book. I have his very book. Very condensed. Yeah. Right. It's a very heavy book. I like hers better because it's a little bit more flowery. It's a little yeah. bit more like feminine. It's a Love little bit it. more, yeah. you know, spiritual, even though she's not religious, right. you know. Beautiful. It's a beautiful um, book. She's just, she just conveys that message, you know, yeah. in her book, throughout the book. Yeah. That the only thing that you have power over is your own 
mind and your decision to be something different than people think you should be or you're supposed to be supposed to be according to who 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 decides that who decides you're supposed to be a certain way after your mother dies suddenly or after my husband dies suddenly or after somebody loses a child or after you know you're you know single and you're not married you don't know what's going to be who decides this stuff right you decide right it's only you you set that tone it's your decision your layers sort of like get stripped away yeah for sure everything is like way more real uh meaningful, enhanced, powerful, you know, there, yeah, there isn't a lot of, um, there isn't a lot of like, um, fluff anymore. Right. Shields, <laughs> like you can't, yeah. It's all, it's all gone. You get to the root and that's it. And that's, that's really, that's really all that matters. You know, I yeah. mean, people always every day interact with each other with so much protective gear and it's just not necessary. Right. And they do it to save themselves. They do it to protect themselves. They do it because they don't want to be vulnerable and they don't want to be raw and real and open. And don't they realize that there's only one chance? You have right. one chance. Right. Don't you want to be the person you're meant to be? Isn't think, that all that matters? Yeah, I think loss sort of does that to you. Oh my God, it totally shakes you. Mm-hmm. It shakes you and it puts everything into perspective And then you realize, what am I doing? Why do I care what she thinks? Why do I care if they're gonna, you know, not understand what I'm writing or they're not gonna understand or appreciate that I'm showing everybody how sad I am sometimes and how sometimes I'm really happy, you know? And I'm just being a person, you know? And I'm not shying away from my feelings and it's all gonna be there. And you could look away if you want, that's fine. I'm not doing it for you. Right. You know? And, and you think that you had that level of openness before your husband died? Uh, no, (laughs) certainly not. Certainly not. No, no, no. Yeah. Definitely not. It does. I, I, I really, you kind of transported me back to a memory. Um, if you're okay with me sharing it. Of Um, course. Yeah. But when, so, so I told you this, but my mom died very suddenly. It wasn't one day to the next, but it was almost. She was diagnosed with cancer in August and she died in September at 56. And um, it was interesting because when you said, you know, grateful for things that you didn't realize you had, I was actually, I was very pregnant with my third child, right? And I had him, yeah, I had him three days after she died. And um, I mean, obviously it was hormonal anyways, but um, I was, I remember being up, I was at my parents' house. We went to, to be with my family and just in case, you know, we didn't think she was really going to die. And, um, right. And I remember all my, I'm one of nine, all my siblings were there. And I remember thinking, oh my God, I love my siblings so much. I never even realized that like, I remember um, I came down to, the, I, I went into my parents' room and there, my mom like actually decorated their room really cute. She was not like, she was not so decorative until we all grew, grew up. So it was like a surprising. Yeah, thing. well, nine kids. <laughs> right. <that> too. <laughs> yeah, and she had pictures all over her wall and she had this cute little thing. She was into like phrases that said, grow old with me, the best is yet to be like with my father. And I just couldn't control myself. I'm heaving, I'm crying. And my brother's like, are you okay? And I'm like, 
I love my brother so much. Like I, I was like, you know, I was really thinking my, my mother-in-law, like my siblings-in-law, like I have so many people in my life that I never even realized how much I love people, which I wish I knew, you know, before she got so sick, but even a mother, like you don't realize how much you love a mother. Like it's, and then, and then, yeah, there's like this, some people have told me like, I can't believe how open you are. Like, I mean, I, I'm not like famous and maybe like two people read my blog. famous to be open. <laughs> <laughs> but you're, I'm saying you're, more people are reading what you're writing. You know what I'm saying? Thousands, thousands and thousands. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm open because I have feelings and so do you. Okay. Like you also, also do you have life experiences that right. enable you to share these things and, it's something that, you know, could really help people. It could help people. Right. You know? Right. And you know what else? Like loss and grief doesn't just come because you lose a person. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. It could be so many things. Right. Right. Like Mm -hmm. grieving an expectation or grieving, Of course. you know, you know, people who struggle, who never lost anyone, but struggle with infertility. They, they're grieving. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. Right. For sure. Yeah. For sure. So, so what, what is it? Like, what is like, when you say that you're trying to make meaning out of this experience, Mm -hmm. what, like, what has been the most meaningful thing for you? I think the most meaningful thing for me out of this whole, I mean, honestly, I I don't want to spin it like me, 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 but I, first of all, I discovered this love for writing, which I think is like spectacular and it's such a great tool to have and I'm so thankful for it you know it's you never had that you never I never wrote no I never wrote I couldn't write a report really no my father did Uh (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't write anything I literally started writing when this happened and my father you know you are so talented thank you well I think it's really because like DNA like Mm-hmm. My father was, my grandfather was a journalist. My father mm-hmm. was a journalist. Like it has to sort of seep down. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really have to, but. Well, and you're creative. Chances are, yeah, chances are it yeah. does. But I was never, I never, I never tapped into it. I never had to because I lived in the shallow end of life. And I was very happy to not have to be treading water, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I had my feet like on the ground. Mm-hmm. I was in a very safe manner. Um, I was very appreciative. I was very happy with my life. Um, sometimes I was bored. Sometimes things were predictable. Most times things were predictable. Um, and I would ask that back for an, in a second. If I can, if I had the power to do that, if you had a superpower, if I could do that, I would do that for sure. And not have to guess every day when there's something new that happens in my life, like how I'm going to do it, what I'm going to do. That is the most disconcerting, scary thing for an adult to have to do you know? Um, so, so the journaling came about because of his death and, um, it was just a great, I think I might've read it actually in, um, a book by, um, Elizabeth, um, you know, eat, pray, love. Oh yeah. 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 Elizabeth Gilbert. Gilbert. She said, she actually said after writing eat, pray, love, she felt like there was nothing that she could do to measure up yeah. in the eye of other people, right. not in herself, because there were things that she wrote after that, yeah. that she thought were just as good, yeah. but didn't, wasn't as well received mm-hmm. by the masses because it you wasn't a really good book called big magic, by the way. That's, so, you know, that's, that's the great. book I'm talking about. Oh, that's what you're talking about. Okay. Yeah. 
throw big magic and yes. she writes out her feelings of inferiority because because of other people and how they feel about her writing and how it wouldn't measure up to a, a book that became a movie with Julia Roberts. And that is our gauge. That is what we, that's what we hold, you know, as like the, you know, and it's not yeah. like that, it should be like that. No, it shouldn't. So she practices writing like, like practices, anything that you want to be good at. You practice piano, you practice cooking and baking, you practice writing it's honing your skill. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. I started writing just to like, make sure my, my feelings were getting out besides the one week, the one time a week of therapy, which mm -hmm. at the point when he, when I lost him, it wasn't enough because I was like, mm -hmm. a, I, I was like a faucet. Like right. I wasn't even talking during right. therapy. I would, I would cry the whole time. Right. Like I couldn't even like articulate myself. So like, right. what was I doing? I was crying. I could have had my friends sit there and I cried to her instead, but I was right. paying a lot of money to right. cry to somebody. And then at the end of it, I was like, but I still have what to say. Like, right. I don't, you know, so right. then I started writing um, and I started sending it to my father. I'm not really sure what prompted me to send it. And then he basically was like, could I put this in the paper? And I was like, I don't know if this is like newspaper worthy stuff. I don't, I think it's just me like ranting, right. you know? And he was like, he was like, let me, let me try. Let me see what happens, you know? So he started doing it and um, it, at first it wasn't a regular thing. It was every couple of weeks. It was really whenever I wanted to and I would send it to him and he'd read it over and he'd be like, you'd tell me, you know, this and that. And then all of a sudden it became like a weekly thing. And like maybe the cooking or the baking or anything else that like I sort of incorporated into my life, it became so much bigger and more meaningful than I ever intended it to be. Like it really became a way of emptying myself out, you know, like, just like, I don't know. It just, it became like something, it's such a great tool, such a great tool, you know? And I, I, every week to this day, <laughs> every week I think to myself, what am, what am I going to write about? And then all of a sudden it's actually something called flow. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden I have I get pages it. of writing wow. and I have no idea where it came from. Wow. And I'm not even aware of like, and I usually, I write things in one shot, mm -hmm. one shot, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that really at this point, it's not just about his loss though, you know, that's always going to be like threaded, like weaved into my stuff. Right. I think at this point, I'm, I'm actually like beginning to like incorporate like my dating life and my social life and my kids growing up you know, mm -hmm. without him here mm -hmm. and just so much more than just like, oh, he died. We love him. We miss him. Right. Blah, blah. Oh, you it's know? not just that. No, it's not. It's you're, you're really brought on the journey of like loss and grief and love and healing and moving forward and all the things that you were talking about, like making a choice that this is really horrible. Yeah. But I could do this and we yes. could make meaning out of this and we can move forward. Yeah. Move forward. Move forward is, is huge. Right. Um, I, I see people, I, I was part of a WhatsApp of a group of women who lost their spouses. And for a while I would, I would literally with like a back, bad carcass and I would like read the stuff over and I'd be like, this is not good for me. I can't do no. this anymore right. because they were all remaining in the same place talking about how much they miss their husbands how much their life has changed how much they resent this new life how they and I thought to myself I I need to read 
inspiration. I need to read something that inspires me and, and makes me want to like, I want to see somebody that has lived my life in their life and has lost their spouse or has lost somebody in their life that was important and did something great with that. And, you know, met somebody new and got remarried and started a new life and did things other than mourn the loss of somebody. Right. Has to, there has to be more. There has to be a reason I'm here. So what do you, I, I hope it's okay to ask, but what do you think your husband would say if he like saw you now, like writing and being so, oh out my God, there? he would be completely, first of all, he'd be like, oh my God, you're writing about me. Like my, she, I, okay. I couldn't even have a picture of his hand cutting a steak in an Instagram post. He would be like, so upset. I'd have to delete it. He'd be like, Malky, you have to respect my privacy. Like I'm not okay with this, you know? And I was always very respectful, but like, right. one time his uncle, like, like basically like texted a screenshot of his arm cutting steak and I was like Howie you're horrible why would you do that you know like he was so sensitive and oh wow. god if I was writing my business in the newspaper oh my god you know but I sort of say to him every day I'm like hey mom yeah. like listen I'm yeah. here you're there yeah all bets are off I'm sorry yeah, yeah. I get that because my mom would be like why Kula? why why, why, why does everyone have to know that? about what <laughs> yeah well come on come on and, I, and I'd be like well you're dead. So you left. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I know it wasn't your choice, but I'm yeah, sorry. I yeah. have to pick up the pieces and I have to deal yeah. with this right now. So yeah. You're gonna have to just you're gonna have to just like sit back and watch because this is this is going down, you know. Yeah. But besides for that, like the your openness and your ability to write, what would he say? I think he'd be surprised. I do. But you know that's so funny. I sort of like I've really just evolved into somebody that like, will be like, like these cakes, you know, like he would open the fridge at the end of the day, like thinking like, I don't know, maybe he wouldn't realize dinner was in the oven, blah, blah, blah. So he'd open and he'd see this big cardboard, you know, board, you know, with a huge 25 in my fridge and be like, he's like, why are you doing this? Like, he's like, it's beautiful, but why? And I'd be like, I just love the feeling of giving this to somebody. I love the feeling of them picking it up and seeing it and thinking it's amazing. It's not about feeding people. I mean, I do right. love feeding people. That's right. definitely something. Yeah. Yeah. But I just love to like have a gift that could change something, like change something in somebody's life, make mm -hmm. them happy. Mm -hmm. It's an amazing response. It's such a huge responsibility. And it's such a, it's such a, I don't think it's something that has to be, that can be wasted. You right. know, if you have right. something that's God given, like you need right. to use it you know? Yeah. So he, he, what did he think of your fame? Cause you were, you were already famous. Oh, he thought it was, he, he thought it was like very silly. He was like, yeah? this is, this is cute. Yeah. Cause you know, he did like really important work, you know, like right. he thought like, the stuff that I kept busy with, like, listen, he, he wasn't, he wasn't okay. He was like, as talkative as I am, he was quiet, you know, mm -hmm. um, he, was, he definitely had a presence about him and he ran a successful business and, you know, was in charge of a lot of different, um, you know, moving parts. And he was very good at what he did, mm -hmm. but he was a he was a quieter he just went about things in a quieter manner and mm -hmm. I am like blah 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 right, you know right, just right. we're so different but like right. also very alike right. so it was interesting um right. I, I I hope he'd be proud I'm sure I I'm hope, sure he's very proud I hope, I hope he would be like you know what Malky I totally expected you to completely fall apart I'm so impressed that you haven't you know right right totally I mean you're an inspiration to me and so many people every single day and and I've told you that when I read your, when I read your, I get the newspaper to read your article and I read it, I sit there and I cry and I relate and I, I, you know what else I was thinking when you said that you sat in the therapist's office, just crying, I've learned so much about 
about just other people witnessing your pain and holding, letting, you know, before my mom died, if somebody was crying in front of me, I would leave the room or change. The yeah. Yeah. But I handle it. And now it's like, it's okay. It's okay to cry. Yeah. I, 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 I frequent Shiva homes. I was always very awkward. I was always very uncomfortable. I didn't know how to like talk to people. I didn't know what to say to them. But now that is like my, and it's hard, it's horrible to say, it can't be my favorite pastime, but it's something that I'm very comfortable doing because I know I can help them like nobody else. Right. Right. I know how they feel and I know what to do to make things progress in a, in a, in a good manner to make it, you know, and, and I, I take it on. Like I take it on, you know, it's not like I say, well, this is their loss. I already did my time. I'm not, I'm not, you know, I call them and I talk to them and I, I tell them like I was there last year. It's a relatively short time, you know, for what happened. Look at me, look what I'm doing. Look at what I'm doing. Look at my kids. Look at how great they're doing. Okay. Look at the fact that people no longer look at me and see, oh, she's a widow and her husband died tragically when she was 38 and she had five kids and she had a baby. They say, oh, Malky, right. She has those cakes and she writes those articles. Yeah. Yeah. So make it, make it, make it more, make it, make it meaningful, you know, be better, Right. be better. I'm not sure everybody has that like strength like you. You know what? You're right. <laughs> it's a superpower. Right. It's a superpower you didn't ask for, but you but you use. Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible. I'm very stubborn. I'm very stubborn. It was always my personality. That didn't change. I've always been I've always been very stubborn. If somebody says like you can't do it, I'm like, oh, hell yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Watch, Watch me. me. Yeah. Watch me. You know? Yeah. So um I have so many questions. I'm gonna I'm gonna let you go soon. But what yeah. how do your kids feel about you being open? Do they read the articles? So it's funny because I actually never really thought about it, which is a terrible thing to say, but really the truth. So I was like, this is my loss. This is my pain. This is my journey. Like you can't tell me what to do. And actually my son's therapist brought it up recently when I wrote something. And I basically, I think I said something about David reacting a certain way. And I don't even think David reads my articles. Maybe his friend had mentioned it. I don't even know. I'm sure friends will say that, oh, mm. my mother said that, you know, your mother mm. wrote this thing and blah, blah, blah. And David's definitely more like my and like in terms of privacy, he's like, please don't air our dirty laundry. Mm. And then I'm like, I'm babe, I made you. Mm -hmm. Don't tell me what to right. do. Right. <laughs> you know, you're know, like trying to one up somebody like, yeah. you're like yeah. please. And I want to respect what he has to say. He's right. a 13 year old boy and I right. value his opinion and I, I want to take him. I want to, I, I want to hear what he has to say and like be sensitive to, you know, his needs and what his comfort level is. I don't think I, I crossed the line. I don't think I overstep personally. I don't think I overstep. Mm -hmm and share too much. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, I now will run things by him. I'll, mm -hmm. I'll tell him I'm writing something that has your name in it, or it talks about like the way you, you know, it's his bar mitzvah article and I'll, I'll show it to him before I, I put it out, you know, and, and tell him like, I really want your opinion. Like, I want you to tell me what you think, you know? And it, since he now has the, um, the choice of being more, um, since he feels like he has a say, you know, in like whether or not I submit it, which I, I always do because he's always mm -hmm. like, it's great. It's fine. Mm -hmm. I don't even think he reads it. That's the truth. Right. He just wants right. to have, he wants to have that 
that um he wants to he wants to be treated like a person that right. has that say you know mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. you know that's it he just needs that so i do i think that i think honestly and my other kids are always like literally every time they like do something in the kitchen they're like ma you want to instagram this i'm like no it's not really good content sorry but i'll like make believe i'm doing it i'll put my camera up and i'll, I'll video it and then i'll play it back for them and i'm like this is not going on my story you know but like it's cute because i think that I think they're proud. Like, I think yeah. they enjoy it, you know, like their mom is cool, you know, so. You're very cool and they should be very <laughs> proud. <laughs> and and I will say also when I met you, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you go. But when I met you with sure. Naomi Ackerman, I was like, she is so nice. Like you know, you meet these like famous <laughs> famous people, whatever. And I'm like, she's just so nice, so considerate and normal. And I'm so normal and so nice because let me tell you something. Everybody, like I said before, everybody does the same things, have the same bodily functions as everybody else. They don't want to admit to it, but they do. And I think the things that matter in life, the things that count, things that people are going to like remember you for is how you treat other people. You know, nobody is better than anybody else. Like nobody, you know, everybody is to be treated with respect and consideration and there's no reason why you can't stop for every person that says something to you and say, thank you so much for your feedback, or I really appreciate that you read that. And I really appreciate your feedback. And I appreciate you even saying something to me and like, you know, stopping me and telling me that you care, you know, that means so much to me. Everybody is somebody, everybody, just like you are. And I am, everybody is somebody, everybody has different gifts to give just because some of them are a little bit more out there than others. Doesn't mean that they're not there, you know? Yeah. So now I'm in awe and um, <laughs> and I really want to thank you for coming on. Where can people find you? Oh my God. Where can they find me? Where can't they find me? <laughs> well, make your pitch. Covered. What? Make your pitch. Kiss, kiss the culture. Kiss the culture cook on Instagram, on Instagram Facebook. Facebook. Um, I, I post my, my Facebook, um, my personal page. I post my articles every week. Malky Gordon Hirsch. Mm -hmm. Um, I, um, I write in the paper, so it's there every, I think it comes out every Wednesday night. So it's Thursday distribution and, um, any podcast, anybody that has a podcast that wants to be on. <laughs> you, you have your own podcast me. you have um people could hire you to do anything oh, true yes yeah. absolutely yeah. but like that's all like instagram if you right. go on my instagram right. page people sometimes will ask me like what did you do today and i'm like right. can you just go back to my right. story i don't remember yeah. what i did right. today right right, right. I, <laughs> I get it i actually get it now that like i started posting a little bit of recipes mm -hmm. people will ask me i'll be like you just like look on my instagram because it's there it's easier yeah 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 um, okay, so thank you so much for coming on. It was like a real pleasure. And thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to listen back. This is good. This is yeah. a good one. Yeah, thank it you. was awesome. I, I loved having you. I love reading you. I, I think you, you are a real inspiration. I'm not just saying that. I really thank you so much. I hold I really your words very that. deep to my, very, very close to my heart. So thank you thank for you. helping me heal. Okay, have I appreciate a great that. Day. You too. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Thank you all so much for being here on my podcast, Get Into It with Gila. If you'd like to learn more about what I do and what intuitive eating is, please visit my website at www.gilaglassberg.com or follow me on Instagram at Gila Glassberg. Thank you so much. Have a great day.